Today on Know the Truth with Philip DeCourcy. The gossiper is like wood on a fire, kindling strife and trouble, because gossip spreads sin and it causes strife. Employ your time and your talents to better uses. Lose your appetite for gossip. Welcome to Know the Truth. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Today, Philip explains the dangers of gossip and what it means to communicate with wisdom. It's a message from Proverbs titled Those All-Important Words. If you missed the first segment of this multi-part lesson, you can replay it on our website at ktt.org. You can also find it on the KTT app or podcast for easy listening on the go. Just search for Know the Truth with Philip DeCourcy. Right now, let's join Pastor Philip for today's lesson. The book of Proverbs is is replete with warnings about the damage done by a motor mouth. You ever met somebody who's got a motor mouth? It's like an open faucet. It's like a broken hydrant. The Bible warns us not to be that kind of person, and the Bible condemns us if we are that kind of person, the kind of person who doesn't listen to others but likes to hear themselves talk. Listen to Proverbs 11, verse 12. He who is devoid of wisdom despises his neighbor, but a man of understanding holds his peace. Look at Proverbs um, 15, 2. This is a great verse. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly. Okay, the, the tongue of the wise is premeditated. The tongue of the wise thinks about what they're going to say. But the mouth of the fool pours forth foolishness. As we've said, it's just like a broken hydrant, just gushing, gushing. The book of Proverbs says, don't be like that. James 1 verse 19, be slow to speak and swift to hear. That's great wisdom, isn't it? Slow to speak. My favorite story regarding this regards Calvin Coolidge, the 30th president of the United States. He was a reserved man known for his sparing words. They called him Silent Calvin. Well, one day a reporter cornered him and stuck a microphone in his nose and the conversation went something like this. Do you wish to say anything about the war threat in Europe, Mr. President? Coolidge replied, no. What about the strike in the clothing factories? Coolidge remained silent. What about the League of Nations? Coolidge replied, no. Getting exasperated, the the, uh, reporter raised his voice. What about the farm production problem, Mr. President? Coolidge replied, no. The reporter began to leave the room, realized he wasn't getting anywhere when Coolidge unexpectedly called him back and said, don't you be quoting me. (laughs) <laughs> Don't you be quote, quote what? <laughs> that guy never, never said anything. But you see, silence is not a lack of communication. It's actually a form of communication. And when you are silent, you're communicating your wisdom. When you take time to listen before you speak, you're communicating wisdom. 
because life and death is in the power of the tongue and death and, and destruction and damage come with words that are forgotten and words that are fast and thirdly, words that are false. This is another category, false words. Words that are deceptive, not true. Words that um, are exaggerated. Words that distort the facts. And there are three categories of those words we'll quickly look at. False words are lying words, gossiping words, and flattering words. And these kind of words divide friends, destroy neighborhoods, obliterate churches, and make fresh enemies. The first category is, of false words is lies. Let's quickly talk about that. God hates the lying tongue. In Proverbs 12, verse 22, here's what we read. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal truthfully are His delight. The God of truth, who wrote a book which is called The Word of Truth, who sent His Son, who's known as the truth, He cannot abide those who deceive people with words. This book warns us about the devil who deceives with lying words. This book tells us to put our trust in the Son of God who speaks truthful words. If it were not so, Jesus said, I'd have told you, but I'm telling you the truth. And the God who is revealed in Jesus Christ and who, whose character is reflected in the royal law of the Bible, he hates lying lips. He hates those who misrepresent the truth, who spin the facts, who exaggerate reality. Proverbs 4 verse 24 tells us this. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Heed that warning. Don't get involved in lying. Big black ones, little white ones, don't do it. Don't use false words. They administer death. They awake the wrath of God. They hurt people. There is no good in lying. No good to the one that uses lies because according to Proverbs 12 and verse 19, the lying tongue is but for a moment. Whatever you get away with through lying is not going to last. In fact, according to Proverbs 19 and verse 9, the false witness will not go unpunished. Don't lie because God's watching and it's an abomination to Him. And whatever advancement you get through deceit, it will be short-lived and it will not go unpunished and either in this life or the life to come. It hurts God because he's holy and truthful, and it hurts you because you sin and awaken God's judgment upon you and because it hurts others. Look at Proverbs 25, verse 18. Proverbs 25, verse 18. What a verse. A man who bears false witness against his neighbor is like a club, a sword, and a sharp arrow. If I was to update that, if you lie against someone... Physically speaking, it's like taking a brown nine-millimeter pistol and drilling around into them. It's, it's not grave. It's not hurtful. It wounds. It obliterates. It breaks bones. It breaks hearts. It smashes up homes. It destroys churches. 
It brings businesses crashing down. It topples governments. It will not go unpunished. It's false words and God hates it. Secondly, do we not only have lies, but gossip as false words? This is the breaking of a confidence. This is sharing a secret. This is a person who knows no discretion with his or her use of information. And the Bible warns us against such speech patterns. Look at Proverbs 11, verse 13. A tailbearer reveals secrets, but he who is of a faithful spirit conceals a matter. A wise person, a righteous man, knowing something about someone else, will, will cover that knowledge with a blanket of love and conceal the matter. Hold it to himself. Perhaps it's, it's, it's come to him unwittingly, or perhaps that friend has shared it. Well, the wise man will, will seal it, put it away, keep it in safekeeping. But the fool, the unrighteous man, the tailbearer, well, he'll shout it from the housetops. He'll gossip. Show no discretion. Look at Proverbs 20, verse 19. He who goes about as a tailbearer reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with one who flatters with his lips. You know what gossip is? Gossip is a false or an unverified piece of information about someone else that once in your possession, you decide to discuss it with a third party and you discuss it in a negative fashion. Did you hear? Can I share this with you for prayer? And off we go gossiping. In fact, what's interesting, if you look at the gossip, it can be false or unverified information about someone being passed on, but it can also be truth. It can be true knowledge being passed on, but that's still gossip. Even if it's true, it's still gossip. And I'll tell you why. Because you were given it not to share, but to conceal it and come alongside that person and to help them in their problem. Not to get on the blower and tell somebody about what you know, because it gives you some kind of, you know, power rush because you've got a piece of information and we're in an information world and so we think information's everything. Therefore, information is power. You've got power over that person. You've got power to gain the interest of another person by sharing that piece of gossip. It may be true, but it gives you no right to share it because it only ought to be shared with certain people at certain times, not third parties that you invite into the circle. And so gossip is a dangerous thing. And yet we have a, a real taste for it, don't we? <laughs> Look at this proverb. It's repeated twice. Talk about a picture. Remember I said at the beginning, they've kept their most vivid images for this subject. Proverbs 18, verse 8. The words of a tailbearer are like tasty trifles. They go down into the inmost body. The Hebrew, they're down into the rooms of the belly. Gossip, we, we, we've got a, a, an appetite for gossip. Gossip, according to this verse, is like a box of Belgian chocolate eclairs out of Sam's Club. You ever get those things? Man, they don't last long in our house. Those little things, those little dainty trifles with chocolate on the top and, and cream filling in the middle. You know, forget about diets. Give me that box right now. It's tasty. 
I'll work it off some other day. The Bible says here, it's just like gossip. We lick our lips when we're hearing about someone else's fall, someone else's sin, someone else's misstep, and we talk, and someone hands us one of these tasty trifles, and we swallow it, we ruminate upon it. The Bible says, don't do that. Lose your appetite for gossip. Because gossip spreads sin and it causes strife. Proverbs 26, verse 20. 26 and verse 20. Where there is no wood, the fire goes out. And where there is no tail bearer, strife ceases. But as charcoal is to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. The words of a tail bearer are as tasty trifles. See what it's saying? The gossiper is like wood on a fire, kindling strife and trouble. Ladies, hear me here. It's interesting in the New Testament, Paul on a number of occasions especially warns women not to gossip. It's not that men don't gossip. Everyone's capable of gossiping, young and old, male or female. But it seems in Paul's writings, this was a particular danger within the church when it came to women. Turn with me to 1 Timothy 3 just for a couple of moments and we'll, we'll see this. 1 Timothy 3 in verse 11, speaking of the uh, qualifications for a deacon's wife, we read, there, therefore their wives must be reverent, not slanderers, temperate, faithful in all things. The word slanderer there is malicious gossip. Can you imagine the damage done by a deacon's wife who can't hold her tongue? Because the deacon is often privy to private information either from the pastors as they involve the deacons in their ministry or a deacon himself getting involved in a benevolent need or a family problem and things are shared and he carries that in his heart to God and he goes home and he says, you know what, we need to pray for this family. They're hurting. And the wife rightly should pray along with her husband. Nothing wrong with a deacon sharing that with his wife. Just as long as she's accepting it in confidence. See, deacon's wife can't be a malicious gossip. Can you imagine the inside stories that pastors carry and deacons carry being spread out on the, um, on the wire of the church grapevine? And so there's a particular word of warning here to a deacon's wife. Go over to 1 Timothy 5 when it comes to widows. It's interesting here. Paul is writing about how the church ought to administer its benevolent fund. He encourages that... Uh, Widows of a certain age ought to be put onto that fund, and they ought to have a reputation for good works. They ought to have done a good job bringing up their children. They ought to have lodged strangers. But widows under 60 should not be put on the list, what Paul calls younger women. And he says for two reasons. Number one, immorality, and number two, idleness. Because when their, their husband dies, that young widow may commit themselves to staying a widow, staying single, serving the children, serving the Lord. But Paul knows that there's a real possibility that their sexual drive and their appetite for romance and companionship will be stirred up over time. And this promise they made to Christ 
will become a problem. Look at verse 11. They'll grow wanton against Christ. And they will desire to marry. And then they'll be in a fix because they kind of promised to stay as a widow. And they're on the list for widows. And now what are they to do? And Paul says, look, let's not put these young women on our list because the likelihood is they'll marry. In fact, they should remarry. There's wisdom in young women remarrying because then a man can come alongside and provide security and finances and help them raise their children. Remarriage when a spouse dies young is a good thing and a biblical thing. That's another subject to be more fully explained. But Paul says, and then there's another issue. If they're on the list and they're at home and the church is taking care of them, they are in danger of getting involved in idle gossip. Look at verse um, 13. Besides the problem of immorality, besides that, they may learn to be idle, he says, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but gossips. Busybodies saying things which ought not to be said. Ladies, I hope you don't spend your day on the phone at home talking about other people. It's an awful waste of a phone bill. It's a sin. It's damaging to the church, and Paul condemns it. An idle mind employs a mouth to bad ends. Paul warns, especially the young women in this church, not to get involved in gossip, to spend their days passing on tales. Look at Titus 2 and verse uh, 3. The older women likewise, it's not just the young widows, but older women, women in general, likewise, they are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. The word slander there, again, gossip, malicious talk. And again, I say, men can gossip. But I think particularly there's a warning here to deacons' wives, young widows, and older women not to say more than they ought to say on any given occasion because the more you say, the more chance you're going to sin. And don't be sitting around the house reading magazines, watching television, getting on the phone, the other people, and talking about the latest thing you've heard or they've heard. It's sinful. Employ your time and your talents to better uses. And it's a problem out in our culture. We live in the talk show culture. We live in the Jerry Springer culture. We live in the culture that... uh, has handed everybody a cell phone so that you can talk endlessly during the day, even when you're by yourself now, wherever you are. You can go to the Kroger's store and pick up yourself the latest magazine with all the gossip columns that will amuse your mind all day long. Gossip, gossip, gossip. Multiplied words, multiplied words, multiplied words. That's our culture. And it is not a culture that encourages us to speak like the book of Proverbs encourages us to speak. So we need to be careful. That's why as a pastor, by the way, I have a rule typically when someone comes to speak to me about a matter which may involve them talking to me about someone else, I always tell them that the likelihood is, in fact, more than likely, that I will go to that person to tell them what you told me. Or you will then go and tell them what you've told me. Nine times out of ten, conversation over. Because nine times out of ten, it's veiled gossip. Or it's someone bringing another brother down because they don't have the honesty and the Christian spirit to go to that brother and confront them about that matter graciously. Lies, gossip, 
flattery. This is the last category of words under false words as we come towards a close. If gossip, this is interesting, if gossip is saying behind a person's back what you would not say to their face, flattery is saying to their face what you wouldn't say behind their back. You get the difference? When someone flatters you in an unbiblical sense, we're not talking about passing on a, a good compliment or a just uh, word of praise. That's not flattery. That's compliment. That's praise, and that's okay. But flattery is saying to someone's face what you wouldn't say behind their back because you really have an ulterior motive. You're stroking them. This is a culture of strokers, isn't it? We'll say anything to get anywhere so that we can have our agenda advanced. And this kind of stroking with the ulterior motive for personal advancement is called flattery in the Bible, and it's a misuse of your tongue. The Bible condemns it, and the Bible warns us to look out for it. Turn with me to Proverbs 26. Proverbs 26 and verse 24. He who hates disguises it with his lips and lays up deceit within himself. When he speaks kindly, do not believe him. For there are seven abominations in his heart. The book of Proverbs saying that there is the real possibility that someone's going to say words that are kind and uplifting to your face, but in their heart, there's seven abominations and behind your back, they're bringing you down. They're feigning love. They're playing a game. They're using you and they're abusing speech to use you. The Bible warns us about flattery. In fact, someone has said that flattery is like perfume. Enjoy it, but don't swallow it. I wouldn't even say that's true. Don't smell it, sniff it, or swallow it. It's poisoned perfume. And the Bible tells you to stay away from it because it's false and unreal, and it's going to hurt you when the pretense is unmasked and uncovered. You're listening to Know the Truth with Philip DeCourcy and a message titled, Those All-Important Words. If you'd like to revisit this message or share it with friends and family, you'll find it online at ktt.org. Now, if you're a new listener, we want to welcome you with a free gift hot off the press. It's a brand new devotional booklet titled Resting in God's Faithfulness, and it's free just for reaching out to us. You can learn more at ktt.org. And if you've been listening to Know the Truth for a while now, you know it's our mission to share the gospel with a world in need of truth through clear and bold preaching of God's Word. And when we join hands with like-minded believers like you, it allows us to reach men and women all over the country with the truth. And we wouldn't be able to do this ministry without you. So would you consider giving a donation of any amount or signing up to give monthly as one of our Truth Ambassadors? You can call 888-644-8811 or give your gift online at ktt.org. To say thanks, we'll send you a book that pairs perfectly with our current study in Proverbs. It's titled, What God Wants Every Dad to Know, and it uses King Solomon's letter as a guide to encourage fathers to pass along God's timeless wisdom found in Proverbs to their children. And to help you share the truth of the gospel with others, we'll also send a copy of Philip's book, Take Cover, Finding Peace and God's Protection, to anyone you choose. Just select a friend and we'll send it to them. Just call 888-644-8811 
or give online at ktt.org. And if you'd like to stay up to date on all things Know the Truth, be sure to connect with us on social media. Search for Know the Truth with Philip DeCourcy on any major social media platform. Well, I'm your host, Wayne Shepherd. Join us again next time for more practical wisdom from the book of Proverbs. That'll be next time, right here on Know the Truth. Today's program was produced and sponsored by Know the Truth Incorporated. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Music